Hello, everyone. This is the CircuitPython Weekly for Monday, J July 24th, 2023. This is the time of the week where we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. I'm Liz, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython and some other things. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. CircuitPython development is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so if you want to support Adafruit and CircuitPython, consider purchasing hardware from Adafruit.com. This meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join anytime by going to adafruit.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython dev text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, except when it coincides with a U.S. holiday. In the notes doc, there's a link to a calendar you can view online or add to your favorite calendar app. We also send notifications about upcoming meetings via Discord. If you would like to receive these notifications, ask us to add you to the CircuitPythonistas Discord role. There's a notes document to accomplish the meeting and recording. The final notes document includes timestamps to go along with the video, so you can use the doc to skip around and view the parts of the video that interest you most. The meeting tends to run 45 to 60 minutes. After each meeting, we post a link for the next meeting's notes document to the CircuitPython dev channel on the Adafruit Discord. Check the pinned messages to find the latest notes doc so you can add your notes for the following meeting. If you wish to participate but cannot attend, you can leave hug reports and status updates in the document for us to read during the meeting. This meeting is held in five parts. The first is community news. This will look at all things CircuitPython and Python on hardware in the community. It's a chosen set of items from our Python on Microcontrollers newsletter. The second part is the state of CircuitPython, libraries, and Bolinka. This is the quantitative overview of the entire project. It's a chance to look at the project by numbers, separate from our status updates. Third part is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to highlight the good things folks are doing, taking the time to recognize the awesome folks in our community. Fourth part is Status Updates. Status Updates is an opportunity to report on what we've been up to, take a couple of minutes and talk about what you've been doing in the last week since the last meeting, and what you'll be up to over the next week. And the fifth part is In the Weeds. In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions. These discussions can come up out of status updates or be something you've identified ahead of time as too long for status updates. And that covers how the meeting will go. And with that, we will get started on community news. So, uh, we, have, we had a newsletter go today, actually. Um, Silicon Labs introduces support for CircuitPython. Silicon Labs is uh, supporting CircuitPython on their XG24 boards. Uh, and this exciting development expands the capabilities of the XG24 Explorer Kit, XG24 Dev Kit, and Spark Fun Thing Plus Matter MGM240P, allowing users to leverage the power of CircuitPython's simplicity and flexibility while harnessing the advanced features of SILab boards. Uh, another piece of news, a uh, CircuitPython hack chat with Adafruit. Uh, that is happening Wednesday. Hackaday is hosting a CircuitPython happenings hack chat with Scott, PT, and Lady Ada from Adafruit on Wednesday, July 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. And then the project of the week was a CircuitPython-powered typewriter. Uh, Max Lupo created a custom PCB that connects to a KB2040 running CircuitPython to control a Swintech 11 46 typewriter. CircuitPython code on the KB2040 blips out a sequence of binary data into the typewriter's parallel port 
one character at a time. When the typewriter receives a new line, it tells the code it's busy and taps out its text buffer. I thought it was very cool. I saw it go by on Mastodon and the code is all on GitHub. So this and more is available in our weekly Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, which goes out via email on Tuesday mornings, but today it went out at 11 a.m. So it's already available. You can visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter. Thanks to Anne for putting the newsletter together. And for the past three weeks, thanks to Katney and Paul Cutler. If you have any Python on hardware projects to share or find content you'd like to see included, please consider contributing to the newsletter. You can open a PR in GitHub, um, tag Anne Engineer on Twitter with hashtag CircuitPython, also works on Mastodon, or email cpnews at adafruit.com with a link. And that was the community news. Next up, state of CircuitPython, libraries, and Blinka. Overall, there were, I'm so sorry, I will go back. Uh, this is a quantitative overview of the entire project. It gives us a chance to look at the health of the project separate from our status updates. So we'll talk about the project overall, then separately discuss the core, libraries, and Blinka. And first up, overall, there were 20 pull requests merged from 18 authors. Um, and Bing, Scott, Anik, Data, Foamy Guy, Katni, Jepler, KB, Shririum, Hexthat, Biffo Bear, Fast Eddie 516, Kolk MBD, Michael Pakusa, DJ Devon 3, Scientist, Eva Harada, Kyriad, Unexpected Maker, and Weblate. Apologies if I pronounced your username incorrectly. There were also six reviewers uh, Anik, Data, Scott, Jepler, Dan Halbert, Foamy Guy, and Brent and 15 closed issues by seven people and four opened by three people. And next we will go to the core and that will be read by Scott if he is available. Cupid. Okay, so numbers for the core, we had 12 pull requests merged uh, from 12 different authors. So thank you to those folks. Andy Bing is a new name here. Kolk and MVD is also new. Santis is new. Kira is new, and KB Sriram is new for the core. Uh, so thank you to those folks. Uh, we had three reviewers, myself, Jeff, and Dan. Uh, we have 45 open pull requests at the time these stats are done, but uh, this number has gone down a lot, actually, because most of these new ones are backports. So thank you to Dan for those. So that, that number is a temporary one, and we're already back down. Uh, we had five closed issues by three people and zero open by zero people, which is surprising. <laughs> uh, for a total of 675 open issues, uh, we used milestones to track uh, our triaging of it and then prioritization for fruit-funded folks. There are 17 open issues for 82x um, and 45 open for 9.0. Um, those are kind of like the latest two or the, the top two uh, milestones for us. Uh, generally, we're trying to pivot to 9.0 uh, as well. So that is a brief overview of the stats for the core. Excellent. Thanks so much, Scott. And next, we'll hear from Katni for the libraries. Thanks, Liz. This section applies to all of the CircuitPython libraries, which is everything uh, that starts with Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore, as well as everything in our community bundle. Across all of those libraries, we had eight pull requests merged from seven authors and four reviewers. A number of those merged, well, actually, all but one of those merged pull requests was uh, over 20 days. One of them was 240 days. So I'm really glad to see that we're 
uh, getting through the older PRs. Uh, and that leaves us with 55 open pull requests, which is uh, starting to get um, trend down a little bit. And that's excellent. Uh, we had nine closed issues by five people and four open by three people, leaving us with 631 open issues. 46 of those are labeled good first issue. If you are interested in contributing to CircuitPython on the Python side of things, check out circuitpython.org contributing. It has all of this information and more, including a list of the open pull requests and a list of the open issues. You can take a look at those, uh, see if anything interests you. If you're new to contributing uh, to open source in general, you can check out a guide we have called uh, Contribute to CircuitPython using Git and GitHub. Uh, in fact, it was recently updated, so it now matches the new GitHub UI and no longer refers to our old uh, testing tools. And uh, we're always available on Discord to help out. Um, in terms of library PyPI download stats for this week, we had um, 100, uh, 114,193 PyPI downloads, over 311 libraries, and the top 10 libraries are listed in the notes if you're interested. Uh, library updates in the last seven days, we had three updated libraries and no new libraries. And that's where we are for the libraries. Excellent. Thank you, Katni, and thank you for updating that guide. Uh, next, we're going to hear from Melissa for Blinka. Hello. Let's see. Just find the right tab and everything here. Okay, so Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer, layer for uh, MicroPython, Raspberry Pi, and other single board computers. And this week we had no pull requests merged. Uh, there are currently six open pull requests amongst other repositories. There's one closed issue by one person and zero open by zero people, uh, leaving a net of 99 open issues. Uh, there were 12,148 PyPI downloads in the last week. 8,657 PyDeals downloads in the last month, and we are at 119 imports. And that's it. Excellent. Thanks, Melissa. And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Next up is Huggerports. Huggerports is a chance to highlight folks in the CircuitPython community and beyond for doing awesome things. I'll start, and then we'll go down the list alphabetically to give everyone a chance to participate. If you are text-only or are missing the meeting, I'll read your notes when I get to them in the list. So I will start, I will kick things off with a group hug, and then we will hear from Dan. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you to do a group hug, but you did. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also give a group hug, especially to people in Discord who are helping other people. We really appreciate that. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and next we'll hear from Deshipu. Okay. So thanks to Gaweng for coming to, to the sprints on uh, EuroPython and working on, on CircuitPython issues and uh, group hack. Great. Thank you. And next we'll hear from DJ Devin. I have a hug to Jay Posada and Stefan Kruger for their work on the display I.O. page layout and Cartesian plotting library examples. Those have been of great help to me. And just just having the libraries 
at your disposal is just amazing to hit the ground running. So uh, thank you to you guys for that. Uh, a hug to Foamy Guy for a great episode on the new S3 Matrix portal. He ran into some issues because uh, I also have an S3 Matrix portal on the way. Uh, so seeing how he dealt with the initial issues, which is so new that it's like some of the stuff isn't even in the download section yet. Um, and I'm guessing that's what all the backporting stuff that I'm seeing happening is all about. So um, thank you to Foamy Guy. That was awesome. Awesome episode. Great. Thank you. And speaking of Foamy Guy, next up is Foamy Guy. Right. Thanks, Liz. Uh, hug reports for me this week uh, to Katni and Paul for running the newsletter for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you all have done a great job. Um, to the user on GitHub, uh, Gao Wang, for completing an older, kind of nice-to-have uh, feature in Display.io, which was a way to check the bit depth on a bitmap object, uh, being that to have that exposed into the Python code uh, is really nice. So thanks to them. Uh, and a group hug for everybody. Thanks. Great. Thank you. And next, we'll hear from Katni. Hello. So first up, a uh, hug for Dan for doing a quick guide review um, on the uh, Get and GitHub guide. Um, I redid uh, a number of pages and added a new one. And Dan took a look at those for me. And for the final proof on my final newsletter for this run. To Paul for all of his work on the newsletter in the last three weeks. Um, his help has been invaluable, and I'm deeply appreciative. Uh, Paul did most of the work. Um, I did the publishing, um, but Paul did a lot of the work on getting the content and getting everything good to go um, before it was published, and it has been an amazing experience. Uh, hug report to Toddbot for a lengthy discussion about synth basics. Uh, welcome back to Anne and a group hug. Great, thank you. And next we'll hear from Melissa. Uh, see, I wanted to give a hug to Katni for handling the newsletter. Um, to TechTrick for responding to some of the Blink-related issues and PRs. Uh, to Paint Your Dragon for looking over the Matrix Portal S3 guide and group hug to everyone else. Great. Thank you, Melissa. And uh, actually, hug report to you as well for writing the Matrix Portal S3 guide. Looking forward to it. Oh, thanks. Uh, and next we'll hear from Scott. Hello. Uh, first, a hug to Mubes, Zip, and Dragon Mux from the One Bit Squared Discord for helping me getting going with the Orb Trace Mini as my debugger. This is a an, a more open replacement for uh, JLink sort of thing, and it also includes trace support, which would be really cool. Um, thanks to Tack for helping uh, bug hunting for USB host. Uh, thank you to the JLC PCB folks for helping me fix a couple of footprints. Uh, I did a Metro M7 trace remix of the board, and uh, the conversion from Eagle to KiCad messed up the slots and some of the footprints, and they found the issue for me and fixed it. So thank you to the JLC PCB folks. Uh, and then uh, last, a hug to Dan for backporting stuff to 8.2x for the 8.2.1 release. Great, thank you. And next is Toddbot, who is text only, so I will read. All CircuitPython folks for such a fun tool. I had lots of fun this weekend in CircuitPython, uh, and I did see some of the things Toddbot was posting on socials, so definitely check it out. Uh, and the hug report to Jepler for SynthIO envelope info updates, which is something I want to check out too. Uh, and that was hug reports. Next up is status updates. Status updates is our time to tell folks when what we're up to individually. I will start, and we'll go through the list alphabetically. 
when I call on you, take a couple minutes to talk about what you've been doing since the last meeting and what you'll be doing until the next meeting. This is also an opportunity to provide tips and tricks relevant to what people are working on. If a discussion becomes too long for status updates, we can move it to in the weeds. And with that, I will get started. So this past week, I was working on a 4x4 rotary encoder MIDI controller using AsyncIO. A uh, guide is impending. Uh, it was my first time using AsyncIO, and it felt at times like my brain was being turned inside out. But with some trial and error and Dan's learn guide uh, that he wrote, that I've linked in the docs if you want to check it out, I was able to finally get it, and I look forward to using it more on complicated and control interface projects going forward. So if you haven't tried AsyncIO and you do kind of more layered intense projects um definitely consider it. it there's a little bit of a learning curve but then you do get there i promise um and next is dan okay thanks so um i'm still doing this uh micropython v1.19.1 merge so i had done all the merge comparisons like the um conflicts and i was still didn't feel kind of too good about that so I, i'm going through and i'm doing I'm I'm looking at all the changes again, um, which is actually really helpful because now I have the context of having gone through it once. So that's actually very helpful, and I'm actually making some changes in there, which will save a lot of time when I actually try to start building it. Uh, and as Scott mentioned, I filed a zillion PRs to uh, backport changes to 8.2.x so we can have an 8.2.1 um, release. That release is uh, the um, Matrix Portal S3, which just came out, needs some stuff that's not in 8.2.0. There was a hardware change. And so that's in there. And uh, by the way, also the guide for the Matrix Portal S3 is being published momentarily if it hasn't been published in the last 15 minutes or so. So those of you who just got Matrix Portal S3s, look for the guide now. Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, and next we'll hear from Deshipu. Okay, so I went to EuroPython conference in Prague last week, and I had a talk there about my robots that involved CircuitPython. So I, of course, mentioned CircuitPython there as well. And afterwards, at the end of the conference, there were sprints as usual, and uh, we had a people interested in sprinting for CircuitPython. Uh, only one of them actually made uh, Padlet. That's, that's the going uh, person. Uh, however, yeah, I have a topic in the weeds to, to discuss this uh, a little bit in detail. Uh, that's it. Excellent. Thank you. Always enjoy seeing your robot projects. Uh, next, we'll hear from DJ Devin. I continued working on a personal project using Fitbit's API and Cartesian plotting, uh, which plots the last 15 minutes of heart rate data on a 3.5-inch TFT featherwing display. The y-axis automatically scales with the lowest and highest values, unlike a regular Cartesian display, which you, you give it a set value of zero to, like, whatever. This one automatically scales. Um, so that was a, a pretty nice feature. Um, and I added the graphing example for the Fitbit API repo to my personal repo, along with a walkthrough of their lengthy OAuth tutorial process. Um, so if you have a Fitbit and you want to 
you know, use the API, I recommend checking out the checking out my guide because the tutorial is is lengthy and it's not an automated process. Um, a much simpler version will be submitted to the Adafruit request library without the graphing and all the you know the fancy stuff. Um, a Fitbit watch, developer app, and API token are required to use it, and I'm still working on a better way to automate the refresh token process. All right, thank you. And I'm sure that'll be really helpful for folks. Uh, next, we'll hear from Foamy Guy. Uh, all right. Um, for uh, last week, I was uh, learning which data goes into and how to get it formatted in order to submit the requests for Oshawa certification for uh, hardware devices. Um, I also did some testing and reviews for PRs, mostly in requests and uh, WizNet 5K libraries, uh, but I think there were a few other beside those as well. Um, over the weekend, I started uh, setting up the Matrix Portal S3 that I just got, I think, on uh, Friday or something like that in the mail. Um, and it took a little bit to discover that it needed the uh, newest version, and it sounds like um, there's new release in the works for that. But once I did get it up and running, the main thing I was working on with it so far is helper functions to be able to scroll um, like multiple things across the screen. There are some helper functions for text, and those can be adapted pretty easily, I think, for images, or maybe there are some for images. But I wanted to be able to just load up a group with uh, different labels and different images uh, icons in between and then scroll it all the way across. So um, I have some code now that will ultimately help um, do that easier without having to do as much math yourself manually. Um, this week I've been submitting a couple updates that are related to the change in uh, bitmap tools inside the core to move the blit function over into there. Um, there's was like, I think, four or five different uh, examples and learn guide codes. So I've been submitting those changes this morning. And then uh, the other thing I have in mind so far that's kind of tied to that is I have the outlined label class that is uh, working, but does need to be cleaned up a bit. And I'm hoping to submit that this week, which also uh, relies on that underlying change that was uh, merged into the core recently. So uh, that's what I have got going on. Thanks. Thank you. I'm looking forward to trying out that outlined label uh, once it's in. Uh, next, we'll hear from Katni. Hello. So uh, previously, uh, which is to say both last week and this morning, um, final newsletter went out, uh, shipped this morning. Um, I, over the last week, have been working on uh, guide feedback. When you click the feedback corrections button uh, in the lower left, in a guide and you leave us a note, it goes into a system where we then can go through and uh, handle the feedback. Um, so I have been uh, going through the feedback on the guides that I have authored. One of the guides that had a couple bits of feedback was the contribute to CircuitPython using Git and GitHub guide. I've wanted to fix this uh, for quite a while. GitHub updated their user interface um, some time ago, I, I don't know exactly when, but quite a while ago. And it changed just enough that um, what what I had, which was the previous version, was potentially confusing. And it also still referred to our previous uh, code check setup, which used Travis for um, continuous integration testing. And um, 
as well. It suggested that you use HTTPS uh, for cloning, which meant uh, authenticating via command line, and you can't use your username and password anymore. You have to use a personal access token. And there was feedback about that, that the person had struggled to figure out how to get and then use the personal access token to authenticate. So there's now a page on how to obtain and then use your personal access token to authenticate. It links to the GitHub documentation because obviously I can't cover everything there is to know about personal access tokens. Um, but it does at least give you the general um, initial steps. So if you were struggling with that, you can take a look at that page as well. The um, three pages that are completely redone are the um, opening, uh, create a pull request, open your pull request, and receive a review pages, um, as those are the ones that primarily use the GitHub interface. It also shows how to submit changes using the GitHub interface um, when there's a change request. So if you've never tried that before and it's something you're interested in doing, um, you can also check that uh, update out as well. Uh, this week, um, I have been sent via email a number of miscellaneous things that need to be taken care of. So I'm going to be doing those first. And then after that, um, either I will be um, continuing on the guide feedback that I have left or um, some other MISC. Uh, it's a mystery. So uh, MISC first and then question mark. And that's what I've got. Great. Thank you, Katni. And next we'll hear from Melissa. Hello. Uh, so um, I was gone last week uh, as I'm at uh, open source kind of recovered from that. Anyway, um, so for this is for two weeks. I updated the <clears throat> matrix portal S3 pin definitions. Um, I figured out the TSC 2046 config settings uh, for Raspberry Pi to use the kernel drivers. Um, I wrote the matrix portal S3 guide. And I worked on adding my first circuit Python board from scratch, which was the Arduino Nano ESP32. Uh, this week, I'm going to finish adding that. It's just about done. Um, and then I'm going to start working on another new board definition, possibly starting a new learn guide. And uh, other than that, I, like I said, I did a dump it sauce. And I tried out some welding for the first time um, after I got back. And Great, thank you. And I enjoyed seeing your welding on Show and Tell last week. Um, uh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, next, we'll hear from Scott. Hi, hello. Um, most of what I've been doing is USB uh, host. In particular, I'm writing, uh, I think, what's going to turn into a library for mass storage devices, so uh, USB drives. Um, I've been finding some bugs along the way, though, so I'm trying to fix those as I as I find them. Um, I also have some tiny USB updating to do uh, around the way that we do attach and detach. Um, so I'm going to have to take a look at that this week as well. Um, in things I got distracted doing <laughs> department, um, I purchased an OrgTrace Mini, which is an open... Uh, I, I don't know if the board's actually open source, but the software is all open source, and it's an FPGA that uh, does 
acts like a J-Link, but we can also do Trace, which is cool. Um, so I'm using that and switching that, trying to switch to that as my daily, daily driver for debugging. Um, because Trace could be really cool for keeping track of like what just happened when crashes happen. Um, <clears throat> in order to support that, I also remixed the Metro M7 uh, to include a Trace, which is a 2x10 connector, instead of the SWD connector. And that will give me, uh, you know, a, a Metro platform to do full tracing on, which will be cool. And then last up, I have a bit of a scattered next few days. Uh, I have taken one cat to the vet tomorrow morning, back chat on Wednesday, and then the Karma mechanic on Thursday. So I'll be off and on a bit more those days as well. Thank you, Scott, and good luck with all the personal things and USB host. Uh, next is Toddbot, who's text-only. Uh, is playing with wavetable synthesis in Synth.io, and it works. He did post up a demo I saw uh, that was using some wavetables from Mutable Instruments, which sounded really cool. And if you know what that means, uh, that means you're also a Eurorack nerd like me, and that's very exciting. Uh, but that was status updates. Uh, next up is going to be In the Weeds. And In the Weeds is an opportunity for long-form discussions that either come of status updates or the folks have identified ahead of time. If you have any in the weeds topics, please make sure they get added while we're discussing other things so we're not waiting around to see if anyone has topics. However, today, it does look like we have some topics. Uh, first off, we will hear from Deshipu. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned, uh, there was a EuroPython conference and we had on Sprint, so I thought I will lead a circuit Python Sprint for those people who are interested. Uh, but I didn't really prepare for the sprint in in before because I assumed we would just pick some easy to use, uh, easy good, good fixed issue issues from there and and just uh, work on those. And uh, turns out when I when we got to that that uh, seems like uh, most of the good fixed issues. Right now, uh, were created during Oktoberfest, and uh, they they seem like they they were created by the people who intended to work on them. Uh, so the description is not great because they already knew what they wanted to to do, and uh, they never finished them because uh, it turns out something. Uh, that there was a discussion about whether it's really an issue that should be fixed, whether it should be fixed in that place, and not somewhere else, whether there is some other better fix available somewhere. So most of those uh, uh, good fixed issues right now in the repository, both for libraries and for the core, seem to be uh, abandoned issues that are really hiring. Are really, you know, not clear uh, what should be done with them, and that seems to be pretty discouraging to people who try to find an issue to work on. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe we could, uh, you know, review them and close them, or or clarify what needs to be done for them, or uh, maybe there is some other thing we could do. Them and I don't really have a solution. I, I'm just uh, pointing out uh, a potential problem. Um, so I agree. First of all, um, 
uh, I want to point out that um, DJ Devin says uh, he agrees as well. As a beginner, the type annotations were labeled as good first issue, but I really struggled with it during Hacktoberfest. You must have previous Python experience to really tackle those. Um, that is also valid. A huge number of them were relatively straightforward and simple. Um, and we, the, the plan was that we were available during that time to help. The problem is that most of the straightforward ones have been done and the ones that are left, um, which we labeled all of those uh, type annotation uh, issues as good first issue. All the ones that are left are the, are the difficult ones. So part of, there were a lot of issues that were created um, during Hacktoberfest and were labeled good first issue. Um, I guess I was more unaware of the vague ones that were created by um, different people. I was more aware of the ones that were the type annotation ones that we created. Um, but that's, that's, uh, it's good that that's been brought to my attention. Um, and this is, this is regarding the libraries. Obviously, I can't speak to the core. Um, but part of, part of it is we just don't have the cycles to, um, to curate uh, like a good set of good first issues. Um, I, I think, I think it should be at least at some point in the next month or so a priority to go through um, what's currently labeled good first issue and at least clear out the ones that are definitely not. Um, but that means, that doesn't mean that we're going to be able to go through all um, 600 or, or however many issues I said earlier and figure out which ones are legitimately good first issues. Um, I so, oh, I, I think I, I could I could at least go through the ones that have some discussion in them mm -hmm. and try to clarify uh, what's the outcome of that, that discussion at least so so you know that so at least the, the last uh, message on them is uh, stating clearly whether what needs to be done and uh, if we don't know then we we, we could close them the, the ones I, i'm mostly thinking it's not that many of them because i completely skipped the the types type yeah. annotation ones because that that's as 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 uh, they never not noticed that that requires python knowledge so we didn't want to do those yeah. And then it's not that many of, at least not in the core. There are mostly uh, issues that either require you to have a specific hardware, which mm -hmm. we also skipped for, for obvious reasons, or that have some discussion in there that never concluded. Okay. So I'm thinking we, I, I, I could uh, maybe at least, uh, you know, resurrect those discussions so that we can either close those issues or, or Clarify at the end what needs to be done in them. That would be amazing. Um, I'm completely on board with that. If uh, you have any questions or concerns, uh, please tag me while you're doing it. Um, I have no problem helping out. Um, so that would be excellent. Um, I think I'm going to have uh, somebody, um, probably Tim. <laughs> um, Remove the good, yes, exactly. Um, Tim says there are still a few that have a limited uh, number of types required, but it would definitely be good to remove good first issue tag from any of the ones that are more gnarly. 
um, that's referring to the type annotation uh, issues. So all right. If, so we don't we don't even need to finish those discussions. We could leave the issue in there and just remove the label from it. Yes, also that is good. that is another excellent option. Um, so my thought is, it's it's hard when we can't um, we can't curate things very well. Um, if if anybody sees an issue that is an actual good first issue, hey, there's a typo here, um, you know, something like that. Um, let's see to it that the label gets added to it. Um, but most of the time, those are filed and fixed. Um, so it is, it's a little bit difficult, especially with the fact that a lot of things require hardware um, for us to necessarily... Um, legitimately label them good first issue and expect that the, you know, the, the community at large um, is able to, to handle those. Um, I know a solution is obviously that somebody can apply the fix and someone with the hardware can test it, but that ends up with, you know, very prolonged um, processes uh, where, you know, one person's blocked on another and vice versa. So I, th I think it's something to think about um and try to come up with a, a better solution than we have had um but right now um that would be great to if you could go through things um and then uh tim if you can do the same um we can at least eliminate the ones that we know right now are not good first issues so that we don't discourage folks um even if it means we don't end up with very many good first issues left at least we're not creating a situation where it's a negative experience for anybody. So that's that's my thought on that. Um, I don't know if you have any other questions or thoughts on that, uh, Jashibu. No, I think I think uh, that that covers it. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for bringing it up. Um, it's something that when I did the sprints at. Um, PyCon, I, I ran into the same thing in it, and it was frustrating. Um, but obviously, at the time, uh, the sprints were were very populated, and I didn't have time to actually sit down and think about the fact that we need to fix it. Um, so uh, I really appreciate you bringing this up um, so that we can take another look at it when we're not all under pressure. Um, so thank you, and I think we're good on that. All right, thanks, folks. Uh, next in the weeds issue is from Foamy Guy. Yep, I think this probably will be quick because I heard uh, earlier about the 821 release, which I think is probably solving this exact um, thing. So, But uh, what I had noticed over the weekend was the Matrix Portal S3 downloads page. It has 820 as its download, but that one, uh, at least for the Matrix, I have had some weird kind of duplication type artifacting uh, or just was not putting the pixels in exactly the right spot. Um, and the newer one does, so I was going to ask if it's possible to suppress that top right uh, panel. Um, but truthfully, if the the next release is already kind of in the planning stage or in the works, then it probably does not make nearly as much sense unless it's a super easy on-off switch somewhere. Um, so yeah, yeah I don't know if... I, I'm going to do a release like I hope tonight or tomorrow morning. Okay. So. Yeah. I think that's. Probably and covers and really nothing else. The guy mm -hmm. just went live. We'll put. I'll look to see what version is referenced in the guide and put in a, a temporary warning box. Nice. 
right yep. now. So, yeah. Cool. Sounds good. That is all I had on that front. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, and then next is from Toddbot. But I know he is, uh, was not present, uh, but I will read it. Uh, ESP32 SynthIO voices from 2 to 12. Uh, he opened a PR to increase ESP32 SynthIO voices from default 2 to 12 and is wondering, is this an issue? It's not critical if it is, but ESP32 S2 S3 has a bit more CPU headroom than RP2040 and it would be great for synth stuff. Um, I also know that uh, Jeff is out who has primarily worked on SynthIO, so I'm not sure if anyone uh, else from uh, that does core things would want to comment or if it should be um, maybe moved to next week. I, I think we want it. Okay. I yeah, I, I, I asked my Godbot to test it on other ESP32s. Mm. So, but we were talking about getting it eight to one. Should be simple. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then it looks like someone just added um, NRF fifty two eight forty Nina not updating to one point seven five. But I'm not sure who added it. DJ Devin, hello. Would you like to discuss that, DJ Devin? I was on mute. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I ran into an issue last night um, in the in the help form help channel where the NRF fifty two eight forty coprocessor on the Me the Metro M four was not updating to one point seven five the Nina firmware correctly. Uh, they were running into some issues and they had to roll back to one point seven four. I have no idea if this is related to backporting or if it's just its own individual issue. And also the bullet thing, I could not get the lineup correctly. <laughs> it's okay, we'll fix it first. Thank you. If anyone has any ideas on why that might happen, I have no idea. I told him to, to file a bug report. Um, but with the backporting stuff happening, and it's related to ESP32 spy library, which I know has had a lot of work done. I have no idea if it's related to that either. Okay. Um, no one said so, so. Just leave it as a bug report, I guess. I don't know. I I I would say yeah. Bug report sounds sounds good unless someone has other things. But um, I don't have any knowledge of that um, to contribute. Uh, so yeah, yeah it doesn't good. sound like anyone wants yeah. to chime in with any anything. So <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make people aware that someone tried to update Nina to one point seven five and it just completely failed last night. Okay. Well, thank you, and thank you for the bug report as well. Much appreciated. All right, so I think uh, that's going to wrap up uh, the in the weeds topics healthy discussion today. Uh, so uh, that also ends the meeting. This has been Circuit Python Weekly for July twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. Uh, thank you, everyone who participated. If you want to support Adafruit and CircuitPython and those of us that work on CircuitPython, consider purchasing from the Adafruit shop at adafruit.com. Video of this meeting will be released on YouTube at youtube.com slash Adafruit, and the podcast will be available on major podcast services. It'll also be featured in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe. 
The next meeting will be held next Monday, as usual, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. This meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord, which you can join by going to adafruit.it slash discord. To be notified about the meeting and any changes to the time or day, you can ask to be added to the CircuitPython Nisa's role on Discord. We hope to see you all next week. Thank you, everyone.